All right. Yes, it is 2020 vision. How many 2020 vision things have you seen all around you? So we're, we're, we're doing it too, right? I mean, let's just be part of this 2020 vision. But here's the deal. Jesus had a vision. He had a vision. Man, is this cool? This is really cool to see all you here this morning. And the truth is, you're the answer to his vision. In John chapter 17, he had a prayer right before he died. And here's what he said to his father. This was his vision. He said, Father, I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Isn't that cool? That Jesus has literally prayed for us who would come to believe in his message. And here's what he prayed. That all of them may be one. All of us. Just what we just saying. Bind us together, God. Why? Because this is Jesus' vision. Is that we would actually become one. How? Now how, right? How in the world is a group this diverse and this different actually going to become one? He says, just as you are in me, so the Father's in Christ, and I am in you, so there's a unity, there's a fellowship, a sharing between Jesus and the Father. He goes, just as you are in me and I am in you, listen to this, may they also be in us. Come on, man. That's fascinating. That's fascinating that you and I can actually be in the Father, God, and in Jesus Christ. We can be in, and he goes, and that's how, if we're in him, he goes, then they have a chance to be one. And he goes, but then he gives us a reason why. So that, may we all experience some amazing oneness with each other, experiencing oneness with him together, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's amazing. Jesus had this vision that I would be saved, that you would be saved, that every one of you would be saved, that you would be reconciled to God, and that we would share in the very life of God. And if I'm sharing in that spirit, and you're sharing in that spirit, and you're sharing in that spirit, and you're sharing in that spirit, then he goes, then we, just as we are one, they could actually be one. And he goes, and if they're one like that, then the world actually will believe in Jesus. How's that sound? Okay? See, this is, this is his vision, because God so loved who? The world. the world. And so he goes, the world could actually believe in me and get reconciled back to me and know me. That's the vision of Jesus. How? Because you and I love each other so deeply and are so unified and create such a different community, such a different experience than anything that's going out in the world. That's his vision. How many of you would like to experience that? Can you imagine being in a place where people actually know you and like you? Well, maybe not like you. Maybe, but they'll love you with the love of the Lord. That's how we say it, right? I love you with the love of the Lord, which means you bug the crud out of me, but I got to like you anyway. Okay. But if we really loved each other, but there's only one way we'll ever do that, is we have to be one right here. That's the vision of Jesus. You know what's interesting? You guys, I'm sure you all know this. Church attendance is dramatically down. In the, anybody know that? <laughs> like across the United States, I just looked it up again. It's crazy when you see the graphs. The nuns, they call them. They're the people who just say, I don't believe in anything anymore. 
not necessarily an atheist, but just nothing. That thing's going like this. And Christianity's going like, church attendance is going down like this. That's what's happening in the world. Now, and, I, and I'm thinking, why is that? Why is that happening? I think it's because Jesus' vision and his prayer wasn't for us to go to church. It wasn't just to go to church. His vision and his prayer is that we would know God so intimately and his love so greatly that we would love each other so greatly that the world would believe. See, isn't that really different than going to church? Now, I can tell you this, though. When a group of people get filled with God and his love and love each other, what do we want to do? Hang out. We want to be together. So that's happened from the day the church began is the church always did this. But they did this because, man, when we get together, we're actually experiencing the presence of God. We worship him and he inhabits our praise and our hearts get filled and it's real and it's life-changing. And then we get with other people who love me and I love them and we create this community. So yes, but I think the reason people are declining in church attendance is because they're just going to church. And I've said this for 16 years here. Man, if we're just going to go to church and nothing's going to happen, then let's go skiing. (laughs) Come on. And when it's nice, let's go golfing. But if he's here and he inhabits our praise and he's living in me and if you run into me today and I actually love you and if, you run in, if I run into you and you actually see me and care about me and love me, I want to be here. I want to be here. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk to you about the vision of the church in the vision of K2. It's interesting, we were going through a book as a staff called Culture Code, and they were talking about how in organizations or businesses, eventually you really need to relook at your vision, and you probably have to change it. You probably have to switch it around and make it fresh. It's probably not the same as it should be. And I remember Jason Dunn, our executive pastor, wanted me to share when we were done with the discussion, and the whole time we were discussing this, all I could think of is like, oh, hurry up and get done, because I can't wait to share. Because here's what I needed to share. We don't get to change the vision. We, we don't get to go, hey, what should the church be now? Wait, because Jesus actually established the vision. He told us what the church is. Now, how you flesh that out in 2020 is a lot different than you flesh that out in 600 AD. But the essence of what the church is has been the same for over 2,000 years. Now, However you want to say it, everybody says it differently, okay? Here's how we say it at K2. We want to be a church with reckless faith in Jesus Christ. Reckless faith. Fleshed out, because faith without action is dead. So if you just believe stuff and don't do anything, so we've got to flesh it out with what? Sacrificial love, care for those who are in need, and an ever-dying commitment to draw people into a relationship with God. So here you go. So I just want to, I just want to, and, and then our mission, because that's our vision. We want to be reckless faith, sacrificial love, caring for those who are in need, and reaching people who need to know they can know God. So our mission is to actually invite and equip every one of you, every one of you, to live out the adventure of following Jesus. I so want you to know him intimately and powerfully. 
And if that isn't happening, then nothing's happening. And I think that's why church attendance is down, is because we're not actually experiencing the living God. Now I tell you, that's our next series, by the way. The next four weeks, I'm going to teach you and equip you in how you can experience God. Four weeks coming up, experiencing God. All right? So in light of that, let me share with you. I'm just going to unpack this. I told everybody, I'm like, I am in trouble today. Because this is the heart of why we're here. I wish, we, I wish we were bringing in lunch and we could just talk all day long. But I know you guys are like, oh, please, no. I'm, I'm glad I'm sitting near the exits. Okay, but, but let me go quickly through this because I'm going to share and I'm going to teach you because God's word is living and active. But then we're going to show you that this isn't an academic thing, that you just come and learn. And we have three people who are going to share their stories because this is real. This is real. The first thing is we like to say at K2 that we're focused. And that's how we say reckless faith. When you have reckless faith, you're focused. And that's when Jesus says, God, I pray that they would be in us and that Jesus says, and that I would be in them. And so we want to focus on that. We want to fix our eyes on that. I've had quite a few people actually say, I just don't like the word reckless. Anybody else? Okay, don't, don't see yeah, Don't raise your hand. That would not be good. <laughs> but why reckless? Why do we choose that word? Here's the definition. It's to be utterly unconcerned about the consequences of an action. When you are reckless, you are utterly unconcerned about the consequence of an action. And what are we saying our action is? We are going to have reckless what? Faith. And here's, though, how most of us in America, and most, eh, not even America, it's just human. We always, whenever we think about following God, we're like, but what will happen if I do that? What would happen if I actually said yes to God? Oh, my Lord, I would lose control. And we think about all the consequences of the action, and then what do we do? Yeah, you don't do it. So we go to church. We learn stuff. I can memorize things and tell you who the 12 disciples are. And I don't know God. And I just want to tell you, in year 2020 and for 16 years, I'm trying to give my life and soar us here at K2 to help you to understand you can experience God, but not without faith. We need reckless faith. And we chose that word because too many of us in America say, I believe, I believe in Jesus. I don't do anything he tells me to, but I believe. Seriously. And then we think, but I'm good, man. I'm, at least I'm getting into heaven because I said a prayer one time. And that's what I tell you, Jesus is like, no, here's the deal. Here's what the church is. It's a group of people who actually put their faith in me. And when they actually did put their faith in me and trusted me, they received me. You receive him. And the spirit of God gets inside of you. And you know what's crazy? Paul, who, who was murdering Christians, right? He, he eventually told this story and he goes, but man, grace was poured out on me abundantly because I was acting in ignorance. Man, I was killing Jesus' followers. <laughs> and by the way, he says, and, the, and, and Jesus and God had mercy on me. So if any of you think you're bad, you're not half as bad as Paul. 
And he's telling you, I can, he can save you too. But then he says, listen to this. The grace was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and the love that are in Christ. So when you receive Christ, his faith, his faith. And by the way, look at this passage, because this is amazing. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marks out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Nobody knows for sure how to translate that word pioneer. It's different in every version. <laughs> pioneer, founder, author, initiator. You know what? The word simply means this. First, he's the one who did it. And he's the one, because he's the one who did it, he's the one who can give it. And that's the perfecter. He's the only one who ever perfected faith. Because he always did what his father told him to do. Every single time. And so what's amazing, you guys. So if you're struggling in your faith, you receive Jesus. And Jesus is inside of you now going, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. This is what I do. I know you don't. That's why I came to save you. Because you don't follow God. You can't. But now you received me and I forgive you totally for every time you didn't follow me. But now I'm in you. So you can follow me. That's so cool. So how does that work for us? Here at K2. How are we going to invite you and equip you to have reckless faith in Christ? Every Sunday, right here. Every time. That's why the deposit, when the church started in Acts, they were filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus was in them. What were they doing? It says they devoted themselves. It means they never missed. Ever. They were devoted to come together. Every, in fact, they did it every day. You only have to do it once a week. They did it every day. Why? Because they were like, this is the greatest thing in the world to be filled with God. I don't have to follow laws anymore and follow rules and try to be a good person and hope he doesn't beat me up if I don't be good enough. <laughs> Instead, I can receive him. And when I'm in his presence, he empowers me to live. So can I just, and I need to celebrate this because in December, right, we shared with you guys like our whole financial situation. And we're like, come on guys, let's go. If Jesus is in us, then he gets us through the eye of the needle by changing us and then he makes us generous. And you know what happened to you guys? You actually responded with faith. Now, I don't know who of you, but some of you did. I do know two specific things though. There were people who, after they heard that message, went out immediately that day and said, wait a second, I'm one of the 80% who's not given anything. And they just said, I fell with Jesus. And so they just stopped and they went. And some of you started giving regularly and faithfully to God. And that's a step of faith. <laughs> right? You're, when you decide to give faithfully to God, you are now being reckless because you're saying, I don't care about what the consequences are. He gets it first from me. And then others of you who actually do give regularly heard him prompt you to give generously. You went beyond faithful giving and you went generously. You guys, and I just want to celebrate those of you who started giving and those of you who gave generously. Because you know what? $75,000 came in in the month of December. Yes. Above and beyond our budget. So you met the budget. 
with faithful giving, and then you did that. Now, all that did was get our reserves back to where they need to be, okay? So can I just say, here's, here's what that shows. You guys, we have every dollar in this place. All God needs is faithful people, people who literally have reckless faith and trust him and don't say, well, I don't know if I give this, then I can't have this, okay? That's not reckless. Reckless is no concern, no concern. I'm gonna be faithful to God because I know he's faithful to me. That's one way. Then we got so many other things. We have base camp, you guys. Base camp. If you're brand new and you want to experience this faith, you can join base camp. We wrote this as a very simple lay the foundation thing for you. If you want to learn how to have reckless faith, you got to know who you're putting your reckless faith in. And so we, we, we wrote this thing because if you're going to go on a crazy adventure like K2, right? You guys, you know, some of you are like, I get us all the time. Why'd you call it K2? Well, it's the church, Kensington. Right, that we came from, but it's also the second highest mountain, and you got to be pretty much insane to climb it. It takes crazy, reckless faith to climb K2. And that's the type of church we want to be. Well, if you're going to go on an expedition of like that, what do you do? Before you do, you, you go to base camp. <laughs> and you go, well, what's the route? <laughs> I'd like to know what the route is. I'd like to know, is there a team? Do I have a guide? <laughs> do I have tools to help me with that? And that's why we wrote Basecamp. Basecamp will give you all those tools, all those basic answers. So if right now, in the little card that's in here, if you're sitting here and you're going, man, I am so brand new to this whole thing, I would love to lay a foundation so I could actually experience God and not just go to church. And if that's you, then right now, sign up on your card and put your name and contact information and put Basecamp down. We have a whole team of people who are just itching to walk with you and help you, okay? And then what do we got? We got our Life Together groups, which we'll get to in a second. We've got even more personal discipleship is gonna be happening this year, and we're gonna unlaunch that in the months to come. And then, right down Saturday, February 22nd. Saturday, February 22nd, we have a national director of planting churches for a denomination who's gonna come in, and he's gonna pour into us on February 22nd, a day. We're calling it Ignite. We just wanna ignite again the fire, the flame inside of our hearts. And so if you want to be filled, poured into, taught, equipped, then write that day down. Saturday, February 22nd, we'll be giving you the details in the future. All right. That's focused. Come on, man. Let's be a church. Let's be people who've received Jesus, the perfecter of faith. And let's follow him with all we've got so that we can experience God in powerful ways. Second one is tight. And tight means sacrificial love. We want to be tight. We want to be an answer to Jesus' prayer again. God, make them one. Make them one. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. And live a life of love. This is, this is what Jesus said, right? In John 15, this isn't up on the screen, but he said this. He goes, as the Father has loved me, he goes, I love you. I have so loved you. How? He laid down his life. And then he says, now, remain in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. See, how we, see what he's saying here? You guys... Just stay here. Walk by faith. Receive my love. Constantly know my love. Let it fill you up. And then if you do this, he goes, then 
you will be able to do this. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Anybody want complete joy? Okay, yeah, four or five years, it's cool. Do you want complete joy? And here's what he says. My command is this. Love each other. Love each other. Be imitators of God. If Jesus is in me, you know what's crazy? If Jesus is in me, and he is, he loves you. So I gotta love you. But I don't even have to love you. Because if Jesus is in me, he can give me his love for you. And that's why the church is supposed to be this unique place that actually loves each other. You guys, that's why we gather here. You don't come, you don't come and go, man, I hope Nelson's on today and the worship is good. And then when I'm done, I'm out of here. No, that, the church, that's going to church. And Jesus said, no, you are the church. And if you're the church, I live in you. And if I live in you, I love everybody. So when we gather together, one of the reasons we gather together is to love each other. Right? Amen. Amen. We are here to love each other. And one of the ways we love each other is we serve each other. And we just serve each other. So if you come, and all the people who are watching your kids or doing the worship or serving your coffee or green, like if you come to K2 and Jesus is in you, then he's like, well, then we're going to love each other. And one of the ways we do that is we serve each other. And so we need to do that. All right? Holy crow, is that really true on the time? Let's move on. Okay. I, I am, but uh, like I said, I'm in trouble. All right. Then I do have to go really quickly. Here's a third one. We're going to be out there by caring for those who are in need. Out there caring for those who are in need. He just simply says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love, not with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. See, because if the love of Jesus is inside of you, he doesn't want us just to love each other. Jesus loves the world. He loves everybody. So he wants us to actually love people outside here too. Because we're just filled with love. So how are we doing that here? Like, right, we're getting ready to head to Honduras. That's one of the ways we care for people who are in need. So we're going to be doing that. Secondly, we have Eswatini that we're committed to. And by the way, if you're interested, they're extending the deadline of the application to the end of this month. If you would like information on Eswatini and would like to go to Africa on our next team in July, you can do that. We have our foster love and our care portal where we're taking care of kids who are, who are desperate for need. We have generosity feeds that we did this year, and we're do, this year where we fed kids. We're going to do it again on April 18th coming up in a school, elementary school that has 43 different languages spoken in it. Compassion's Call with John Wells with our homeless and I, what I love is our Life Together groups, are so many of them are just, they're just doing it. They're just serving people who are in need because that's what Jesus does and that's why it's in our vision. And then the last thing is we're out there because we're inviting people. And I, I just want to say, let me just read the passage and then I'll get my stories up here. Therefore if, anyone's in, 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 if, <laughs> therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So if you are actually part of the church, you are a new creation. That's just the reality. Jesus is now in you, and you're in him. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, 
not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I just read in 1 Timothy, my own personal time this week, and it simply says this. He said, this is a message, trustworthy message that must be accepted. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came. So if Jesus isn't me, then what's he going to be doing through me? He's going to reach as many people as possible who are far away from God. And if that's you here today, thanks for joining us. You are our honored guest because we want you to share in what we share. And that's we know God and we experience God and we're learning to love each other. All right? So I have three stories that actually give flesh to this. Again, this isn't just speaking about it. This is real life. And would, I, would you guys please uh, go ahead and give a round of applause? Could you guys come on up to hear your stories? I have three guys who are going to come up here and share their stories with us. All right. So Mike Applegarth. Hey. Heidi Rogers. And Justin Leeper. All right, now it's going to get good. So let's start off with Mike, and I asked each of them to kind of share a little bit of a part of our deal. So with Mike, I, the reckless faith piece is something that's been going on in uh, Mike's life. So take us back to a little bit, to a couple years ago, and what was going on in your life at that time, and, and what took place. So uh, I've considered myself a Christian all my life at a very young age, except Christ. I don't remember not having him part of my life, but... Uh, you know, you wrestle with Christ up here and Christ in here. And uh, he had uh, uh, kind of slipped uh, from my heart and was only existing in my mind. Um, and I was a control freak. I, I wanted to control outcomes. I wanted to control people. I had fear, anxiety, and, and uh, I w- just wasn't living the abundant life that, that Jesus said he came to give us. Cool. And you're going to church every week. I was going to church every week. I was involved in Life Together group. Uh, we, we give regularly. Um, and, uh, but I was not letting him be the Lord of my life. He was my Savior, but I was not letting him be Lord. I wanted my kingdom, not his kingdom. So tell, so tell us about that, because that that's, a, that's a journey, by the way, that every one of us is going to be on. And you're on it. All of us are on. But there comes a point where instead of just, man, I just received Christ... But now, take us, how did that happen? How did he become Lord of your life? I, I just got to a, a low point, and I just didn't want to do this anymore, you know? And I just thought, man, this is, there's got to be more to life than just existing, just, you know, slogging through life, work, family, uh, challenges. Uh, it, it wasn't fun, you know? And uh, I was just tired and worn out of trying to do life on my own. And... Uh, uh, I really just turned to him. I started diving into the word um, regularly, um, you know, and uh, spending time with Jesus every morning. And um, that's the only thing that was getting me through was, was him and his word. And uh, that just evolved. Let's try to keep going. Yeah. yeah, but that's cool. So, so becoming Lord, man, instead of just kind of peripheral, 
you actually dove into this. You're like, I'm diving into you. I'm receiving you. And this is huge, you guys, by the way. This is huge. Because if you only eat one meal a week, right here, only, if you all remember, if you imagine only eating one meal a week, you start eating every day. Yeah. And started engaging with him every single day. And yeah. So what changes did you start to see happen? So I just realized, like, you know, Jesus said he came to give us life, but not just life, life abundantly. And so if we're going to have that abundant life, we need to do the things that Jesus does and is. And so as I started more closely following him and, and digging into his word, um, the, the burden of life seemed to lift and there was a joy in, in things. So I'm like, man, this is awesome. I just crave more and more and more. And eventually that led to a decision to go back to school. Um, and so I'm doing a, a divinity program through Grand Canyon University. Yeah, what, and what's your job? What do you do? I work for the Sandy City Council. I'm a bureaucrat. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so you're working with the Sandy City Council, and, and even that, it's been great lately. God's just blessing your work, but you're like, man, but I just want to know him, and so you're diving in. Yeah. But then share about the change with people. So I just started uh, seeing the value of people. I mean, we're all created in God's image. We all bear his image, not just in this room, in this church, but everybody out there. And... Uh, uh, that just ignited a passion in me to, to not only love God, but, but love others. They go hand in hand. And um, so as I was pursuing education, that opened up so many doors to talk about my faith with others at work. Um, I mean, the HR lady came down, and this is what HR doesn't do. You know, they don't talk about faith at work. She came down and sought me out and said, uh, here's a problem I'm wrestling with. Mike, what do you think God would have me do in this situation? Our emergency manager sought me out. We ended up praying together in a conference room. Our police chief came into my office, and I shared my faith with him. And it's just been uh, amazing. Um, God uh, opened doors for me to start volunteering at the university hospital. Um, we got real tight with Because He First Loved Us. It's a refugee ministry that I'd uh, commend to you all. Um, it's just been, uh, we talk about an adventure with God and I wish it could go on and on, but he, since I, I just really started serving him, it has been a wild adventure. And what's crazy is it's busy and it's full, right? But as you pour yourself out, you're filled up mysteriously, oddly, um, in God's economy. You pour yourself out, you give sacrificially of your time and your resources. And somehow, when you're doing it from that center, from his center, from his kingdom perspective, your life will be filled up and you'll be more energized. You'll have more resources. And it's just been an amazing ride. Awesome, man. Thank you, buddy. <clears throat> All right. So Heidi, you and your husband Daniel, you guys have been coming here for about 12 years, mm -hmm. and I asked Heidi if she would share about the whole life together, the, the, the sacrificial love piece of being tight with each other, because you guys jumped right in. You've been in life together groups for 12 years, which is so cool. So share with everybody, what, what have been the benefits of being in life together? Um, well, there are tangible benefits uh, that we talked about, like we've re-roofed each other's houses, um, we watch each other's kids. Uh, one huge example is two years ago, my husband and I had to fly to California to be there for the birth and start the adoption of our youngest daughter, and our family couldn't come out and help with our three older kids, and our friends took them for over a week. They got them to school. They fed them. Um, so there's those tangible benefits, and then there's 
Yeah, and, 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 and that's not any small thing, you guys. Because Heidi and Daniel are like Susie and I. We don't have any family here. And many of you are like that. You don't have any family here. But we're family. We, we've always said, it's like, if you, no one should ever go to the hospital alone. And all that means is anything that goes on in your life, if you're in life together, you've got people who know that. And they love you, so they t- take care of you. It's so cool. But this next one was so cool to me. Just you, when you shared about this, your own sometimes not feeling close to God. And how has that been helpful? Yeah, so um, there have been many times throughout my faith, but the one that I can think of in particular was about 10 years ago when I experienced my first miscarriage. I felt really alone, um, just so alone. And God revealed to me in that time that even when I don't feel him or I don't feel the spirit in me, his spirit is in those friends around me, the people that I've surrounded myself with that are believers, and they have been able to show me that he's with me because his spirit is in them. Wow. That, that was really profound for me to hear. I, I'm, I'm soaking that one in because that's a, that's a truth, right? How cool that we can experience God through each other when we're not experiencing him, which I think is really neat. And then, I mean, you've been doing this for 12 years, so you have some long-term, you know, there's been some longevity in relationship, and that's been really cool. So talk about that. Yeah, so... Um... We have some friends in our Life Together group that we've been together for like nine years, I think, now. And being with people that long and being vulnerable with people that long, sharing real life with them for that long, uh, things come up, you know? Like I, I, in particular, say stupid things and do stupid things, <laughs> probably a lot. And they've been there to tell me and to challenge me and then to forgive me when I, you know, come and say, I'm so sorry, you know, and they stand with me anyway. They haven't left. Yeah. Yeah. And and you said you, it's helped you learn how to actually become a better friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I could be the person that I am today without them. Yeah. And, and what's cool about that, you guys is, is, is that's both in receiving their love, but also learning how to give the love. And when we, were, when we were talking about this and Heidi said, man, these people have seen me at my worst and they won't actually leave me. I, I'm telling you guys, there's nothing more powerful than that. That's awesome. So thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. And I asked Justin to share because of our commitment to be out there and to really invite people in to, to receive in Christ. And uh, Justin just got baptized this year, so this has been his part of his journey. Super, super cool. So do so t- just share with everybody, what was going on in your life before you ever uh, walked into K2? Uh, yeah, so for me, I did not come to K2 on a winning streak. Um, <laughs> I'd say it was more accurate to say that rock bottom was like right in my rearview mirror. The type of rock bottom that they show on A&E, you know, not the good type. It was, it was, pre- it was pretty bad. Um, and I look back on that time in my life and, you know, I was searching for something. I'd been searching for something my entire life. Um, and it turns out, you know, it was love. It was love from a father figure that just couldn't give it to me. You know, my dad had a ton of potential, but he got into drugs and alcohol and it, we just didn't get it. And so as a kid, I filled that hole with sports. You know, I had to be the best at everything. I had to be the captain of the basketball team, um, you know, I tore my ACL in high school, and I blame God for that, like, you know, just a young kid does. And then I partied a lot. I was really good at that. 
Um, <laughs> Best at everything. Yeah. yeah. But that's just how I'm wired. I have a twin brother. He's three minutes older than me. So, you know, we were pretty competitive. But, um, you know, in an adolescent, I partied way too much. And um, I got through college. But as an adult, I, I found that in my kids. You know, they filled that hole in my heart, I thought. And... Um, you know, I got to a point where I was a lot like my dad. I was always like, well, I can do these things. I can drink a little bit, you know, as long as I'm not as bad as my dad. There, there came a time when I was as bad or worse. And the kids were gone and the relationships were gone. Everything was gone. And people were like, hey, we love you. We just don't love what you're doing. So go figure that out. We don't want to be around it. And to be honest with you, K2 was like the last house on the block for me. Yeah. So you come here. Sorry. See, can I just say, this is why we're here. If this is the last house on the block. That's the kind of house I want to be. So, man, so tell everybody, how'd you come to faith in Christ? Yeah, so I came to K2 uh, two and a half years ago. A friend brought me. Um, and I'll never forget, I walked in, and I, I was sitting right where that young lady sitting right there by the stairs, and uh, the head pastor was on stage, and he was in a Lions jersey, and <laughs> he's given the message, and the message is about perseverance. The and Lions have done one thing right. <laughs> <laughs> they helped bring Justin to faith. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a guy I can relate with. <laughs> and obviously, it was Dave. Um, but I, I came to K2, and I have to be honest with you, that actually happened. Um, the, you know, the, the groups on stage, uh, just the worship teams in general, I mean, they put a performance on, you know, in this auditorium and the bagel, everything just brought me back, brought me back, brought me back. And so while life wasn't going well, at least there was something here to look forward to every Sunday. And so I kept coming back. Um, you know, in that time, God put my best friend in my life. And she's sitting right over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we both started coming together about six months after I started coming to K2. And it was just the perfect time. We were both working really hard in our lives, trying to put things together, be the people we wanted to be. We were working hard. And Dave was up here and he said something about um, premarital counseling, that if you were interested in it and you were starting your journey with God, that... It was basically a service that he offered in his own time to meet with couples. And so we sat down. Uh, I should say that service, I was out in the hallway and I was like, sign me up. What do I have to do to do that? I want to do that. Um, and then the next week we met on a Wednesday. And for like the next few months, it was Wednesday at five every day. And in that time, we not only got to know each other, our personalities, the good and the bad, but to love the ugly you know, like it's when you love the worst parts about somebody that you're actually loving them. It's part of that covenant that you make with them. I learned that with Dave. Um, that was just a really special time. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're in these meetings and um, it's the highlight of my day was Wednesday and Sunday. And I started feeling what Dave would pray before and after these sessions. And I started feeling my heart just was like, I was overheated. I was sweating. My heart was full. If you've, if you've come to find God on your own terms, I think you can relate with this, but something was happening. And Dave said, hey, we're doing uh, baptisms next Sunday. 
I, I think you probably should. And I said, I, I, I want to. And uh, we prayed right there. The next Sunday, I got baptized. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, washed away all my sins. This load was just taken off of my shoulders. And that relationship that I talked about in the beginning, I, I started that day with God. And yeah. And my life has just been one blessing after the next, after the next, after the next. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm so grateful for K2. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for um, being able to sit here and tell a little bit of my story on the stage. And to, to tell you that the relationship that I was looking for from my father that I never got, I could level that and say, he's just another guy. But God is my father in heaven. Yeah. And I can get that from him. Right. I can get that from him. So we recently joined a small group. I wake up every single morning and I say something along the lines of, God, I love you. Father, I just want to get to know you this morning. That's awesome. And we, we do our Bible study. We meditate. Uh, and I'll, I guess I'll end on this. Um, Mike actually shared this on stage the other day, but I, there's a saying that I really like, and it goes, um, praying is asking God for the answer. Medit- meditating is listening for that answer. And we, we do that every morning and share it with our small men's group. So Awesome. Very cool. Well, do you guys give all three of them just a round of applause and gratefulness for what's going on? So as we close today, um, here's, here's the truth. This is just true. Jesus said, my father is always at work. And I too am working. And you know what he's doing? All he's doing is trying to save people. All he's trying to do is to reconcile people who were created for him and to let them know, I love you exactly as you are. I love you right now. If you listen to me, man, he loves you right now. When Justin walked in here, struggling with his drug addiction and struggling with his things and being in the darkest place, God... He, he just he welcomed at that moment right there with wide open arms. He loves you right now. That's what he's doing. And then he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to woo you to himself so that you can know him. And I, I just want to encourage you, man. Some of you, you just need to know that you can receive Christ. And Christ can come inside of you in grace and mercy and love, and truth, and faith, so you can actually walk with God. But you know what? Here's the other thing. Some of you are Mike Applegarth. Some of you have been a Christian for a really long time, and you come to church, and you're anxious, and you're heavy, and you're burdened, and you know he's your Savior, but he's not your Lord. And you haven't gotten to that place. You are, you are saved. But there's this scripture that says some of us are going to get through, like, just escaping through the flames. We're going to get in, but we didn't... We didn't Experience him in the fullness that we could have. But you could be Mike. That dude is a different man after just two years. And now he can't help but just pour his life out. He's volunteering in hospitals, sitting with people who are dying, who can't even talk to him. He just sits in the room and, and is with them. And it just brings life to his soul. Because Jesus is in there. And Jesus loves people. And that could be you. But you got to let him be Lord. Is at work. 
And he's creating love and community so we can experience it, not just with God, but with each other and heal each other's wounds and connect each other and love each other deeply. And there's the craziest thing. If we would let Jesus live in us, we'd have fullness of faith and love. We would create this amazing community. We'd say yes to God. And then what did Jesus say? And then the world would believe in me. Focused on Christ with reckless faith. Reckless. No concern. Because I know he's got me. Tight with sacrificial love. Laying our lives down for each other. Like Christ laid down his life for us. And out there in the world. Caring for those who are in need. And inviting every person to be reconciled back to God. That's what he's doing. And he's in me. Is he in you? Is he in you? Come on, man. If he's in you, then you're saying yes to God too. You're loving each other. You're not going to church. You're being the church. And you're taking him out into the world. And we're changing the freaking world. That's what we're going to do. So let's worship. Let's spend, guys, stand with me. And let's take this last moment. Let me just pray for us. And then we're just going to worship this God. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we can be reconciled back to you. We thank you that you want to be in an intimate relationship with us, that you want to share your life with us. You want to us, you want us to experience your love and have your wisdom and your strength and, your, and all that we need for life. Thank you. Thank you that you fill us with the very presence of Christ, the hope of glory. And God, thanks for the people in this room. Thanks for this church. Oh, Lord, what could we be? What could we be if we loved each other, if we showed up here every week and loved each other, if we got into relationships out of here and loved each other? Lord, would you please move us, fill us with your love so we love each other. That's your one command. This is my command, love each other. God, please help us to create that here every time we're together. And then fill us up into this dark, anxious, fearful, abusive scary world and help us God to be your ambassadors to draw people so they could be experiencing your love too we worship you because you're alive because you're working because you do this and you want to do this in us and I pray you do it fully at K2 in 2020 in Jesus name Amen